You are listening to the Photobomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Here I am uh, back from an early morning trip to the gym. What is wrong with you? Why Why would you go to the gym on a Sunday morning? I, I tell you why. This is, this is, this is what's going to happen. Because I've got a lot of interesting things to say about the gym uh, in particular. And uh, first of all, last year I lost about 30 pounds, but just uh, diet, no exercise. Because I hate exercising. I hate working out. I hate all of it. It, uh, it irritates me. It's not fun. Uh, I don't enjoy it. Um, however... I got to the. There's only a certain level that you can of fitness that you can get to on diet alone, mm-hmm. and so there's just you know I want to shave off maybe ten more lbs, you know, get rid of the the last little bit, and uh, so I figure, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to get a gym membership. I'm going to spend the next six months hitting it hard, and then I'm going to dial it way way back and just coast into you know that norm. I'm not trying to get buff. I just want to get to that level. My diet will sustain me thinner than this. Anyway, that's my plan. It's probably not science, but anyway, here we go. So I wanted to talk about today, to start off with the non-photography banter, the stereotypes of the people that you run into at the gym. Okay. And so there's some great, especially the men's locker room, because I I texted you immediately my first day. I've done four days in a row uh, back at the gym. My first day, I walk in the men's locker room around the corner. First thing you see... 400-pound man, hairy as a baby Sasquatch, stark naked, just 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 standing there on his phone there right there when you walk in the door. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, I guess it's it's a locker room. You're you're going to see some man flesh, right? Right. But right. but but I think also that I I don't know. There's there's so when it comes to the men's locker room at the gym, there's certain types of people. So type 1 uh is the um the really hairy guy, right? The super hairy guy who is always naked whenever you walk in the room. Apparently, he and I are on the same schedule. We go to the gym on the same days at the <laughs> same time because I can't get away from baby Sasquatch. Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. Type that super two. hairy guy, super naked hairy guy, that's guy super, number one. Super naked hairy guy who seems to have the same schedule as me. Right. Oh, so I'm oh, going to okay. start going to the gym wow, at We're getting very midnight. specific. Also has the same schedule as you. Not just super <laughs> hairy guy at the gym, but has the you same ever, schedule as you. You ever been to a gym regularly and you just see the same person every time you go? You're like, does that guy live here? Gary, or does he and at, I have the look, same look life? Look at me, Gary. I'm looking at Have you. I ever been to a gym regularly? Is that really what you're asking? Yeah, I guess not. No. Maybe, we, maybe I should talk to somebody else about this. I, mean, I, I had a gym membership at one time, but yeah. Yeah, languished. <laughs> type two is the incredibly fit guy who seems to linger naked in the locker room for a good 30 minutes, just going from the sink to his locker to the shower and back. I swear I went and I were I went in. He was naked when I got to the gym. I was there for 45 minutes and I went back into the locker room to change and then I went and I hit the pool, still standing there naked, just kind of like looking through stuff. Get back in the pool, get out of the pool, shower up, go back to my locker. Still there. But except this time he's still there. What is it with 40 the, minutes? What is it with the guys doing this too because I find I find it interesting it's, it's exactly the opposite of what our fantasy world uh, says should be because in our fantasy world, in the women's locker room, 
it's women just walking around naked all the time. But if you ask the women, I think they'll tell you that that actually doesn't happen in the women's locker room. It only happens in the men's locker room, which is the place where you absolutely don't think it should be happening. Right, absolutely. Well, I've been, I've, I've had memberships at several gyms over the year, and the etiquette is always different. But the way I understand gym etiquette at the is, you know, have a towel on, cover up. If you're going to be naked, make it between the time that you drop your towel and pull on your underpants. Yes, it's a very a f- brief. It's you know, like a few bam. seconds, a few seconds here and there. No big deal. Nobody's it's looking like, at you. Nobody cares. It's like that magic trip trick where they stand on top of the box and they and they bring up the sheet and then they go <laughs> boom, bam. They up and down with it real quick and suddenly now it's the yes. assistant that's standing there and the magician's in the box. That's what it should be like when you make yeah. the change from towel to underwear. It should be just like no just that fast, like David Copperfield fast. From I have no problem seeing other men naked. It's not, I, I went to high school. Uh, we had a locker room there, too. But it's sort of like, why are you naked for so long? Yes. There's like, there's no reason. Nobody wants to. And eventually, if there's a 400-pound hairy man, in, naked man in the locker room, eventually your eyes are going to scan over in that direction, and you're going to see something that you can never, ever unsee. No, that's it ever. forever. All right, type three. Guy who, and there's a lot of these guys, okay? The uh, the guy who work only works out from places where he can watch himself in the mirror. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's that guy. Because the wall of every gym in the world is a mirrored yes. wall for loves, some reason. Loves the bicep curl on the bench. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, of course you have to watch your form, Blu-ray, yeah. because I haven't done 5,000 of these, and I might mess up my form, so yes. i got to, like, watch my muscle flexing. Right. Like, what's wrong with these idiots? Like, I... I, I Okay, type five. Woman who gets fully made up hair and makeup to come to the gym. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's yeah. that's a thing. The gym like, has singles bar is what that is. Yeah. Oh, no, the my, the gym that I go to, it's in a particular area of, of my city, uh, and it's gay church. Like, it's mostly dudes whose sneakers match their sweats, and uh, they come in pairs. So it's it's my gym is gay church, which is fine because – Less less distraction to look at, honestly. But there are some very attractive women, and they come to the gay church with their hair and makeup fully done. I'm talking like the waves. Like well, these, the w- these women there are not doing it because they're trying to pick up men, but they're doing it rather because they don't want the gay men to talk about them behind their back. <laughs> I, could be accurate. Because, they, because there could be some judgment. That could be accurate, yeah. So uh, those are, those are the five types that I've noticed so far. Okay, and there's one more type. Right. The guy who's seriously, seriously, seriously into extreme fitness. And I, I've seen this guy several times. He, uh, he has an oxygen deprivation mask that when he's working out, <laughs> it right. makes it feel like you're running or working out at a higher altitude. Oh, come on. Not kidding. So it's no, not, no it's this not, is a thing. It's not feeding him oxygen so no. that he can... Be, no, but rather it's, making yep. it harder so die. it's a, it's something that like professional athletes will often use. If if you're in the Miami Dolphins and you've got a game at Mile High Stadium in a right, couple of weeks, right. by all means. But if you live in Florida, like, right. it forces <laughs> your lungs to be more efficient. Absolutely, right. okay. yeah. But yeah, and so there's that level of intensity. So so you know there are certain stereotypes that you see at every single gym, and then there's type seven with a bullet. The guy who's there all the time who you never see actually working out. <laughs> He's just lounging about. He's just walking around with a towel and occasionally <laughs> drapes the towel over a machine, you know, like 
walks around, and then you come check every time you see him. You never see him actually working out. He's just sitting there on a machine with a towel draped over it. Still <laughs> haven't seen that guy lift a single weight or take a single step. That's lonely guy. Yeah, lonely guy. Yeah. He's he's maybe looking for the the one the one single woman, but I don't know. In the full. So makeup. there you have it. Yeah. That's that's uh, my report from my right. adventures at at LA Fitness. Seven distinct <laughs> guys. I I know I was surprised that we get did that many. I would have thought maybe five or maybe four, but seven distinct personas at the gym. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby Sasquatch, uh, naked, way too long guy. Uh, then there's a uh, full hair and makeup woman, and the uh, who else is there? Guy. Uh, uh, I, I forget them all. I just made them up on the spot. But like, they're seriously, those people exist at the gym. I don't have to go to the gym because yesterday I shot a four-hour wedding on the beach and reception in a courtyard where there was no wind, and it started at 3 and ended at 7. For those of our listeners in other parts of the country, it's outside in the sun. It's effectively 110 degrees. In Florida, you do not want to be outside at 3 o'clock in July. You just don't want to. And there was no wind, and it was awful. It was just awful. I mean, soaked through my shirt five minutes you know, out. Uh, you know, getting into the, you know how it's so bad that then when you get, you walk into air conditioning and you get the chills because your shirt is so soaking wet that suddenly when you yes. walk into AC, you freeze. It was that Absolutely. kind of, that's how wet, that's how wet my shirt was. Do you bring a backup shirt to a wedding? No, I don't. No, everybody was sweating through their shirt. I've got a modeling session coming up this week. I'll be photographing for two, it's a two hour long session. It's going to be outdoors. And I, I just decided today I'm going to bring an extra shirt for after the session. And I wear those, um, I wear those, those fisherman shirts, like the dad shirts, dad shirts. Yeah. Dad shirts. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but I think for the ride home, wouldn't be a bad idea to switch to a clean shirt for the ride home just so you don't get that freezing thing. You get the chills in your car on the way home. Unless you're, yeah, unless your uh, air conditioner's not working too good. Which is the way mine is. Florida in the summertime is you're either dying of dying sweating or you're freezing your butt off inside somewhere with the ACs cranked down. Hey, here's something pretty cool though. Here's something pretty cool. Yesterday I took my uh, my Fuji with me and I was shooting with my Fuji uh, during the reception because I wanted to see. I thought uh, I'm gonna take this little camera and see if I can get some angles and some stuff with it because it's so small, doesn't make any noise, you can do it one-handed. See if I can just, you know, people are talking and I can walk around and get low and high and now it's got the automatic uh, thing where it finds a person's face and locks onto it. So I'm, I'm shooting it like F2, right? And getting right, walking up to groups of people and just taking my camera and going above them and below them and it's finding, finding their faces and locking onto one and you're getting these pictures of here's a group of people talking and here's one person and their face is crisp and everybody else is blurry. And I couldn't have gotten that really with my 5D Mark III without being so noticeable with the big camera, you know, doing it. So I, and so I'm just popping up and I, and the thing was I shot in raw, uh, which I'd never really done with this camera. So I shot in raw so I could really, you know, if, if they're good, I can use them for the wedding. So I come home, I load them into Adobe, I load them into Bridge. And, you know, I, I talk about the Fuji cameras have all these film simulations built into them. So if you're shooting in JPEG, you have all these film simulations. And one of my favorite ones is, is a simulation for Kodachrome. It makes the pictures kind of look like Kodachrome. Well, I load it into Bridge, and then I open up Bridge, and if you've got the latest update, uh, you now they now have this this little button that looks like four little squares. And when you hit that, it brings up all of these basic basically filters, you know, black and white filters and vintage filters and et cetera. And one of them now that wasn't there before said uh, camera specific. I'm like, well, what's, hmm. what's that? I click that and there are all of the Fuji film simulations that are in the camera in bridge. And, I can, hmm. and now because I'm using a raw from Fuji, I could pick Kodachrome, I could 
pick Astyasov. I could pick, you know, all the different, I don't know all the names of them, but all the different Fuji, specific Fuji film simulations. I could pick after the fact which film simulation I wanted to be. That's cool. Yeah. So normally I'm shooting in JPEG and I, have, and I pick that in the camera as I'm doing it before I shoot. But if you shoot in RAW, you can do that all after the fact. That's really cool. And I, I didn't have to download anything. It was all built automatically into Adobe. So it was nice to see this, the software you know, be ahead of me on that. And, and, you know, and, and someone didn't have to tell me about it. And, you know, I could look it up. Well, there, oh, wow, it's automatically built in. And you I wonder like if there's the any other. camera manufacturers test out really cool features like the, the face, face finding and the focus and all this. They test out a lot of features on their smaller, less expensive cameras than on the, the big ones. Because, you know, I've noticed with my M5, my Canon, it's got some features that my 5D Mark IV does not have. Right. Well, <laughs> also, they, uh, the, the, new cam- the smaller cameras, they come out with them more frequently. So they can, the very latest and greatest goes into them, whereas fi- you know, the 5D, the next model of 5D won't be for three years. Right. You know, and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, but I love the little, the face-finding thing is great. I mean, but here's another thing. I was thinking about today. I was reading some... Um, and I want to and I want to talk about this. I read a, I was reading an article: the seven best mirrorless cameras you can buy. And one of the things that people say in a lot of these articles is um, they talk about, well, I really like you know I really like this camera because it shoots so twenty frames per second. Do you ever need to shoot twenty frames per second, Gary? Um, I have been playing with the the, the mirrorless uh, the M5, the Canon M5, which is the mirrorless I have. With that extra, that super long lens, it's like an eighteen to one fifty, which on a full frame is twenty four to two hundred or twenty eight to two hundred, something like that. Um, it shoots like ten frames per second, and uh, I, I have had a lot of fun with that shooting sports and my little cousins and nieces and nephews right. jumping off a diving board, and it's fast and it's really cool to be able to shoot that way. But the problem is, is usually buffering to the card. After you take your finger off the shutter button, it's about 45 minutes on most of these cameras or whatever. Right. Now, but it's 20, usually a couple of minutes to finish writing all those images to the my, car. My problem with that stuff is a lot of times like 20 frames per second is so fast that the differences between each image is almost negligible. Because it's um, shooting so fast. I mean, I mean, it depends on how fast the thing is that you're taking a picture of. Well, here's, here's the difference to me is that when you're shooting, even with really great follow focus and tracking... If you are taking the more frames per second you get, you're increasing your chances of getting a really sharp image. Right. And I think that that's, to me, that that's the most logical thing. You don't necessarily need 20 frames per second, but 20 frames per second gives you a higher percentage of usable images. Right. Um, whereas action photography is very, very hard to get it sharp. It's a very, it's a very specific skill set to know how to use your camera and how to time it and how to follow. Um, like sports photographers, action photographers, they they have a totally different skill set than most other areas of like portrait and wedding photography. So, I would say if for your average photographer to have those extra frames per second would be pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, but I just don't uh, think it's I, a I game changer. It. You know, okay. Well, let's run down. By the way, this is great because you did the seven people at the gym, and now I've got the seven mirrorless cameras. So is this, this an article on LifeWire. Uh, I don't know. I can't see it because your face is in front of it. Uh, I've got one, was, on but 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 basically, they asked a bunch of Instagram people, Instagram influencers, and stuff like that, what they thought the best cameras were, and the best camera for just under a thousand dollars, the best DSLR for beginners, uh, they say it's the Canon EOS seventy D, and uh, and um, there's a new updated version, I think, of the seventy D. Oh, out. this is DSLRs, not mirrorless. It's everything. Well, no, it's every it's every kind of camera. So just okay. under a thousand dollars, best DSLR for beginners is the seventy uh, D. Uh, which mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of great things about that camera in terms of being, you know, a, a DSLR that's cheap. Uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. If somebody wants to get into it. The best mirrorless digital camera for vlogging and Instagram photos is the Sony 
A5100 16 to 50 mm. mirrorless digital camera with a three inch flip up LCD. And that's why they like it because you can flip it up and then you can use it. You can see yourself, you know, for V. Yeah, I'm looking at that like right that. now on the uh, best for novices. Right. Yeah. And then uh, between a thousand and twenty five hundred dollars, best mirrorless digital camera for traveling is my camera, the uh, Fuji X100. I have the Fuji X100. Um, F, they say the Fuji X100T, which is the last one, which is cheaper, which is why it's, it's, you can get it cheaper, and that's why they like it. Uh, the best compact digital camera with interchangeable lenses, the Fujifilm X-T1, X-T10. I'm sorry. Uh, best mirrorless with interchangeable lim- lenses. Don't worry. Don't worry, Sony. We're getting to you. Don't think I'm la- – don't worry. We're getting to Sony. Did they just come out with an X-T20? Looks pretty new. Did they? Yeah, I'm I looking think they at the XT20 on another one. So, and uh, that's on this other list that I see, which is probably just a slightly newer version of the XT10. Yeah. Best full sensor DSLR body under 2500 is the 5D, and the best one over $2,500 is the 5D Mark IV, which is what you use. Mm. And I use the 5D Mark III. Yeah. and That's a big difference. It's a good step up. Uh, best mirrorless digital camera body for weddings and events, the Sony A9. Really? And here's the thing, though. Guy says they want a full-frame camera and something faster. Uh, love it. Really sharp and super fast. Super. They keep talking about super fast. And I guess I, I guess these must be a lot of natural light shooters because for me, it's never a question of the, of the camera being able to shoot fast enough. It's always a question of the flashes being able to recycle fast enough. And sometimes the being able to focus fast. Fast focusing would be more important than how many frames per second. I don't think I've so, really lost that many pictures because the camera couldn't focus fast enough on them. I mean, it, re- reception in low light sometimes, yeah, uh, depending okay. on the model. It's gotten better as as newer models have come out. But um, I would say fast focusing I would take over frames per second shooting any day of the week. Bass mirrorless digital camera body for video is the Sony A7S II, they say. Mm. Yeah, and then the best pro-level DSLR body, if money is no object, is the uh, Canon EOS 1DX Mark II. Hmm. So do you notice anything about this list? Do you notice what's missing from this list? Nikon. Yeah. Yeah. Not a single Nikon camera on this list. Now, we don't know, you know, who went into making this list, uh, but I just find it curious that we're now seeing, it seems like, Sony is taking the place of Nikon as being. Oh, it already has. They're outselling Nikon in the yeah, camera market being, now. B- but before it was always, you know, are you are you Canon or Nikon? And now it's starting to be, are you Canon or Sony? Oh, it will absolutely be that way. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know that more photographers are have switched over the last few years to um, Sony. I think that it's great, and I'm sure they make fine products. I, just switching a whole camera oh, system. Oh my God! Yes. No thanks. Like, nah. Cameras, I, lenses, flashes, remotes, and then you've got to become really comfortable with it. And then my my thing about switching is, does <clears throat> it serve what I do personally? And what I do is shoot in a studio on a tripod 90% right. of the time. You literally, so, could, you literally could be shooting with the original 5D, and it wouldn't be that big of a difference over what you get now. What, not what really. I mean, some of the, for shooting low-key stuff, the newer, it has better dynamic range, like the, the newer ones, the 3 and the 4. And, and uh, I, like, I love the touchscreen and the Wi-Fi, and that comes in really handy when I'm shooting commercially on location, as I will be this week. Um, so I can shoot to an iPad without, you know, so there's all kinds of cool stuff about it, but I, I don't know what it could offer that I don't have besides 
less battery life. Well, you know um, what it is, you know what it is though. It's it's um, it's part of the reason that you're a photographer though. The people who I, I mean, because I'm sure you've known that person who switched out the cameras that they used and the brands that they used every couple of years. It's not because yeah, they're called dentists. Well, yeah, <laughs> you have a friend who's a dentist. <laughs> no professional photographer yeah. is switching the brand. Well, because you know, it's not. It's not that they. It's not that this is going to help me make more money. It's that they love the camera. They love right. gear. They love getting a new camera and unboxing it and figuring it out. And it's the same reason I love so much that little Fuji that I shoot with all the time. It's because I've been using the 5D Mark III and the 5D Mark, you know, II for so long that I know the camera inside and out, and there's no joy in picking it up anymore. So you want to get some, you know, I'm I'm sure that if I got a Sony, I'd be like, oh, hey, and I would be all crazy for oh, yeah, it for a short while. You know, it'd be so much fun. But if you're running a business, you, then, it, you know, that's your biggest expense is equipment. So you can't just go dropping serious dime on new gear if it's not going to make you more money. Right. It has to be more efficient and save you a bunch of time or make more money or allow you to offer something that you weren't able to offer before, which by then will make you more money. And so the thing is, yes, it's very exciting to have new technology and new stuff and new brands and new cameras. New gear is always fun, but what you have to realize is that in six months, it will feel exactly as comfortable and right. familiar and boring as what you of what you had if it right. doesn't solve a problem for you. I can see if you've got like a a Nikon D70 from 2008 or something, and you go, well, well, you know, I was, if I'm going to upgrade. And get some serious gear, and you go Sony or something, or you switch to Canon. I can see switching, but I'm invest. I got like twenty thousand dollars in camera gear that I'm not going to switch over because it doesn't benefit me one iota to right. switch because my my the stuff I have works great, and I'm fully invested in yeah, it. If, Plus, you, if you're going to do it, you got you're doing it because the same for the same reason that a guy who's into cars is always buying a new muscle car and getting rid of his old muscle car. He's just into cars. Yeah, he's not making money off of this stuff so much. He's just really, he really likes getting a new car. Well, yeah, and I and I wouldn't fault anybody, but don't don't try to sell me on a bill of goods that it's that much better because it ain't. No, it may have some advantages. It may have some disadvantages. It's still another camera that's in on par with the current camera technology in one way or another. And uh, you just like to get new stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and 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 especially if you're and, and and if you look around too, you can see so many people who are doing incredible work with with gear that is not the latest and the greatest. Uh, well, like I said yesterday, I I shot half the reception with a camera that cost thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah. I know a photographer in your area who's a good wedding photographer who still shoots with the five D Mark II. That camera's ten years old, right? You know, and he does fine, fine work. So sure. I, I don't know, like. Also, I'm I can, not. I'm not. Uh, a I can net. never keep up with the models because is, can we can we get some uniformity here? Because every brand has a different way of naming and numbering their cameras. So I don't know if you have this. Someone, someone, a Nikon shooter will say to you, "Well, you know, I use the uh, Nikon AT550," and I'm like, "Oh, no idea what that is. Yeah, not a clue. No Sorry. clue." And then when I'll say to someone, "Well, I used the 5D Mark III," and if they're not a Canon shooter, and I realize they probably don't know what the 5D Mark III is. So what you really want is everything to be more sterile and and uh, and to be lined up a little neater so that it's uh, more organized, comrade Perry. Is that them, what you're saying? You want to, you know, like just give them a letter. <laughs> I use the, I use the, uh, you know, or here's a good idea. How about you just name the camera the year that it comes out? Soviet camera number one, Soviet camera number two, Soviet camera number three, the Nikon Pro 2016. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, so you used the professional Nikon camera that came out in 2016. Oh, I got that. That makes sense. We could just color code them. I'm just saying. <laughs> Come on, you if know it's I'm got right. A like blue the Canon, like what is it with the Sony? Like what is it the, the Sony A9, the Sony A7S2? Now, what's right. better, the A9 or the A7S2? I don't know. Uh, I think that that the, they haven't the A7R and the A7S. One is more video centric, and one is more still centric. So some has certain things like ports and outputs and things. Well, that the video a- videographers. The A7S2 like. is the one that they have as, as best for video. And right. Weddings yeah. and events is the A9. But don't they have? Isn't there like an A92 out now or something? What's the latest I greatest know. Sony? I think it's the A9 is pretty new, and the A7R3 is new, and A7S3 is new. See, I, I, I see already. I like, see already. You're losing me. I only barely follow what new gear is. And Canon out. is and hard I, too. I barely follow the gear for the company whose equipment I use. Yes, and Canon is hard too. If you're not a Canon shooter, though, here's the thing: if it has three numbers, it's consumer. If it has two numbers, it's prosumer. And if it has one number, it's pro. And the lower the number, the better the camera. So the pro cameras are the one at the top, then the five, then the six, and the seven. And then after that, you go to the prosumer levels, which are like the 70 and the 80. 50, 60, 50. 70. But which one of those is better? I have no idea. I Dude, you got me. And then, then you eventually you go down to the 500, 600s or whatever, which used to be called the Canon Rebels. Right. Right. Well, but yeah, I still don't know. I don't know, like, I don't know what's like the latest one to come out in any – is the 70 the last one that was new? I think they have a 7D Mark II that's supposed that, to be see, Yeah, great. see, and then uh, – I don't know. I can't keep up. I can't keep up with any of this stuff anymore. Yeah, it's I, just too much. And then now with Sony throwing their hat in the ring, it's like, oh my god, no, not another. I I don't even know Nikon. Do you know yet. why we don't keep up with it as much as as some other people? Do you know why? Because photography is not our hobby. Mm. Because mm. photography is our job. Yeah. Right, and so I'm concentrating more on bringing business into my studio and the effectiveness and reliability of the equipment that I have. And when I need to purchase something new is when I do the research. Right. Otherwise, I don't have time to keep up with every new thing that's coming out. I don't. Right. I'm too busy working. And if I am at a conference and I'm having and I'm sitting at the bar talking to another photographer, you can bet you can. I would give you a, if you. Come up to me and another photographer having a conversation at a bar in a conference, and you could sit there and listen for 10 minutes. If you hear us talk about our cameras, I will give you $100. I will give you $100 there on the spot if you catch me talking to someone else about what kind of cameras we use right. or think are better. Because we're, we're, it's our job. Yeah. And it's a job that we love, uh, but it's a job, you know? And so I'm not like, if I were doing something else, if I were an accountant or a, or a dentist, or if I were a, you know, what a, a, a venture capitalist and photography was my hobby, I would probably be geeked out about every little thing that happens because I'd be into it for fun. And although I enjoy what I do very much, photography is not my happy, fun time hobby. It's not. That's not how I unwind. That's drinking, doing karaoke, and probably braiding my kid's hair. I don't know. I paint a lot of you, nails and braid a lot yeah, of hair. For fun? You do that? No. Okay, because you said it was for fun. Actually, it was pretty. I was having a fun moment this morning where we were listening to uh, Frozen on the Bluetooth speaker, the soundtrack, while one daughter, uh, my little one JoJo, she was trying to crawl for the first time. And then Ellie was showing me how she could do somersaults on the carpet. And so I'm just sitting on the floor with my kids doing stuff. And that was really cool, man. That was like one of those moments where you go, this isn't going to happen too many more times before it's gone. So no. I'm just going to sit here. No. So that, that was good. Being at home with my family and unwinding, playing on the carpet with my kids is, is pretty pretty awesome. That's my hobby, I guess. So, 
<laughs> I just thought And about going it. to the gym. Oh, I thought about person number eight. Oh. Person number eight you meet at the gym. The uh, social media diva. This is the person, and this happens, and I've seen this over the last few days more than once. People filming themselves working out with their phone. Like they bring in a little tripod, and they're either doing like okay. a Facebook Live or creating vlogs or whatever for their Facebook page or Instagram. You see it a lot at the gym because people love to let the entire world know when they're at the gym for some I feel reason. Like, I, feel like, uh, I feel like there has to be a turning point for this, uh, for this people care what I'm doing. Are people still caring? What everybody's doing all the time. I feel like you know, like, like that was a big deal when it became that we could all look and see what everyone's doing all the time. And oh, what well, on Facebook? I'm going to get tacos. And I feel like that was a big deal, and we all jumped on board with that. But I feel at some point it's got to turn back to okay. Now we know what everyone's doing all the time, and guess what? Ninety nine percent of it is mundane and boring, and we don't really need to see that anymore. Is it? Is that happening, or will it happen, or am I just crazy? Because I feel like it's happened to me. I don't check Facebook as much as I used to, and I don't post mundane stuff on Facebook as much as I used to. I either post stuff for business on my business page, and then incredibly mundane stuff. I had a whole uh, comment uh, war going uh, the other day from posting about my feelings about the Oxford comma. Right. <laughs> so like people love people love the mundane. Well that but see know. I don't think that's the mundane. That's that's the sort of stuff when you you know, that's comedians in cars getting coffee. That's the stuff that you go, you're sitting around with your friends and you go, Okay, so what's the deal with the Oxford comma? And then everybody starts talking about the Oxford comma. Who are these that's not people? so much what, who are these people? Who the, are these people? The Oxford comma thing is it's mundane, but it's also interesting if your mind works that way. The mundane is Oh, what a beautiful day! <laughs> you know, okay, that what you got, yeah. you got you're giving me nothing there. Give me something yeah. I can, I have a, I will at least be interested in commenting on or something along those lines. That that's, sort that's, of mundane. I, I try to think of things that people would have feelings about that aren't really that serious. However, I've gotten yelled at quite a few times oh, over the Oxford comma. People apparently feel very strongly about. Do the they Oxford really? Comma. Oh yeah, I like I like the Oxford comma. I, I I'm I was I was brought up in the school system not to use the Oxford. I was comma. I was too, but now they are saying that you should start using the Oxford comma because you know there was a court case recently uh, with a um, a union where the union contract they had not used an Oxford comma, and the union used that to prove that they were entitled to like extra overtime. Or something like that. And in the court, it came down to the fact that there was no Oxford comma meant that it worked. The sentence reads a certain way, which means that you should be paying them this money that they're asking for. So out there in the podcast listener land, just beware the grammar police could come get you right. <laughs> if you don't use your Oxford commas. Well, yeah, I guess that's, I mean, if, if it'll save me money, I'll take the time. But I use uh, use Grammarly. Do you ever use Grammarly? No. It's a, uh, it's a website with a downloadable uh, program that you can download to your computer and your smartphone. You can even replace the keyboard on your phone with it. And it corrects your spelling and your grammar as you go in, uh, to make sure that it's all compliant. And I use it a lot for social media because I type fast. I got fat fingers. And I don't want to look like an idiot by using the wrong form of your and uh, Grammarly will all catch that y o u apostrophe r e instead of y o u r etc etc. I feel like and, I feel like Fast Fat Fingers would be a great band name. Fast Fat Fingers. No, that's obviously the name of our debut album. <laughs> Fast Fat Fingers. That's the name Fast of the album. Fingers. But what would be the band's yeah. name? Um, let's see. Oxford comma. <laughs> the Oxford commas. 
<laughs> no, not the, just just Oxford comma. And Oxford the first comma. album is Fast Fat Fingers. Fast Fat Fingers. Go. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. We're in the, I had to get that out hey, before Steve, I forgot Steve Saccio, if you're listening, uh, we could use a t-shirt for the <laughs> for this, for for this comma. band. For this band. The Fast Oxford Fat comma, Fingers Tour. The Fast Fat Fingers Tour. The Fast Fat Fingers Tour. There you go. <laughs> But by, by the way, for the, in case you don't know what the Oxford comma, because if I was listening to this podcast, I'd be like, and I didn't know it would drive me crazy. The Oxford comma is when you're doing several things in a row with an and at the end, like you're going, you know, I want it to be red, blue, white, and purple. You put a comma after red, a comma after blue, a comma after white. I'm sorry, a comma after red, a comma after blue, and then white and purple. The Oxford comma is the comma you put after white and before and. And we were Otherwise, ta- white and purple become mixed up mixed together. up together. That's right. But we were taught not to ever use that. It was always there was no comma after the thing that's before the and. But the Oxford comma is putting that comma there. We're having the most first world problem conversation that's ever been had on a podcast. Where I'm just sitting here going, "Oh, the software that automatically corrects my grammar is yeah. like making me put in an extra comma." Right. right. Like. What a lame thing to complain but it's, about. I'm but gonna, if you were I'm gonna go donate money to Sally Struthers' kids, or if something. you were if you were brought up to why there's a reference from the past. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's been like thirty years since that that PSA. Um, for those of you who don't know, Sally Struthers was on All in the Family. So uh, the um, but if you're brought if you're brought of, up not to use the Oxford ca- comma, it's very hard to start using it. Yes, yes, yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. But again, back to my original point. Do you feel like there's any lessening of the, because I don't know if there's a lessening of the mundane, because I'm getting, I still have so many friends on Facebook that I still feel like I'm getting all the mundane I used to get. Right. You know? No, I've been on a big unfollow binge, because I'm going, trying to thin down my newsfeed into people who I actually truly want to hear from. And if you once you get into the, I have several thousand friends on Facebook or whatever, and and or even several hundred, it can kind of run together. So if I see something pop up and I go, "Who is that person? How do I know?" Uh, no, if I have to ask myself, "Who are they and how do I know them?" They're unfollowed. Yeah. And trying to get it down to the most essential stuff. But for the people who I do admire, follow, enjoy people I'm close with. I love following their their day to day and their Instagram stories. But if people post too much stuff that I'm not interested in, I will just unfollow it myself. However, with the algorithms for the big social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram, if you don't interact at all with their content, it'll only take a couple of times and you'll stop seeing it. And the thing on Instagram that's bothering me is I get I'm picking up new viewers every day, new followers every day, and almost every one of them is just somebody who sells something. Well, yeah, you get a lot of that. I get people to comment and be like, great content. I'm like, oh, definitely not a bot. Yeah. yeah, you're definitely a real human person <laughs> leaving that comment. Yeah, I just, it's just, it seems like only one in six or one in seven people who follow me is an actual Instagrammer. You know? Yeah, it's, it's the people who like, game the system that really do ruin it over time. Um, but if you're putting out good content and being interesting, people will follow you. It's just, the people get frustrated because you go, oh, I got 10 new Instagram followers this week. And then you check back and you'd be like, why do I have eight less Instagram followers? Because they follow you uh, and comment on something, hoping that you follow back. And then when you don't, they uh, they unfollow you. And there are even programs that do that automatically. They'll find something related to a certain subject matter or hashtag. It'll robo leave a comment, robo follow you, and it will circle back in 48 hours and unfollow you. Yeah. Automatically. Right. And that's... And that's uh, because when somebody new follows me, I, I will typically check out who they are. Which is what they want you to do. 
Basically, you're now looking at their ad. Right, yeah. So, you know, I will do that, but if it's like, oh, uh, another retouching service, huh? Yeah, blocked. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> is, there, uh, is there anything else you need to talk about this week? Because we're getting to yeah. about that point. Yeah, I want, I want to put out a call to the uh, quote-unquote professional retouching services that keep contacting photographers unsolicited. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, have you ever actually gotten a client from friending someone on Facebook, then messaging, messaging them and saying, oh, your work is beautiful, blah, 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 who does your retouching? Blah. Have you ever scored a good client? My answer is I'm doubting you have scored a client, at least not a good one if you have. Second of all, if you want my attention, buy a damn booth at a damn trade show where I am and put your money down and quit ha- harassing me and my friends online, you jerk. Okay. Anyway. That's all I have to all say. All right. You feel very I'm tired of getting this. messages from retouchers. They fill out the contact form on my website. They blow me up on Facebook. They attack me on Instagram. I hate you, retouchers. I hate <laughs> you, scumbags. Put some money on the line. Get a license. Get some insurance and stop being a scumbag. You're stalking me like a 13-year-old girl stalks Justin Bieber, and I hate you. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> all right. And good to know. Good to know. Okay. I just had to get that out. All right. All right. Good. All right. Fine. That's good. Where was you? Should have been humming "Battle Hymn of the Republic." Yeah, I, I, I was, well, <laughs> I didn't want to spur you any higher than you were already going. I mean, you were pretty. Yeah, you were pretty just, far. I was over, kind of looking at my my volume levels in the recording on the left hand side at the go. same time, watching them spike. Going, okay, Gary, dial it down. <laughs> All right, we have a. Uh, we still have the big show coming up at areyouinfocus um, dot com at the uh, Florida Professional Photographers Convention, and when is that? That is September 9th, 10th, and 11th or some such thing. If you go to this beautiful website, areyouinfocus.com, then you will see clearly that it is September 8th, 9th, and 10th, 2018, at the Florida Hotel and Conference Center in Orlando, Florida, right. featuring, featuring some incredible speakers. Not just us. We are going to be doing the photobomb live, so you could come be in the live audience, featuring Lindsay Adler, Jeff Duchowski, Luke Edmondson, Mary Fist Taylor, Jamie Hayes, Ted Linksack, Christy Newell, and Audrey Woolard, and the photobomb podcast. That's right. Live. It's going to be a fantastic good time. Fantastic. I'll try not to drink so much this time. I want you to drink so much this time. I'm going to be. I'm going to drink. That's the whole point. Okay, yeah. All right, let's just get yeah. let's just get shillelied and start recording. But it's Saturday night, really? So we're going to be like, oh, we're not going to drink because we have to do the... When have you ever not drank because you had to work? Let's be realistic. I'm drunk right now. <laughs> exactly. It's, so it's, gonna... it's, it's, it's 11 a.m. on a Sunday, yeah, and right. I am... That's right. Hammered. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can find us online at facebook.com slash photobombpodcast. You can find Gary at hughesfioretti.com. Yep. You can find me at burayperry.com. You can email us, questions at photobombpodcast.com, and we will see you back here again next week. See you later. Mm-hmm.